1: Buy any Braun product from Chemist Warehouse and go into the draw to win a Tiata rooftop tent. This is In the Red with Justin Marshall and Ricardo Ball on SENZ. Red, red, yes, indeed, this is the hour where we celebrate all things Crusader rugby. I tell you what. No Justin Marshall tonight, making his debut, he's far better looking as Wyatt Crockett, a man who played 71 tests for the All Blacks and played 203 for the Crusader. Wyatt, good evening, welcome. Lovely to have you on board. Thanks for having me,
0: mate. It's, um, it's nice to be on board and uh, hopefully hopefully, I can make up for what Marshall lacked.
1: <laughs> now I was just reading your bio You went both through And because part of the Crusaders uh, region Clearly it does incorporate Tasman But you went through Nelson College As well as Otago Boys High School
0: Yeah mate So um, I was at boarding school At Nelson College for, for uh, seven years And then um, in my last year at school I actually ended up getting injured And missed the whole sort of Missed most of the year to be honest Of, of rugby and also missed of school So yeah um, a lot of my mates were heading down to Otago, so I went down to Otago Boys and had a great time down there.
1: And yeah. No, fantastic. No, I was just uh, re- I was at the Marty Cup over the weekend. And so I've got sort of secondary schools in the forefront of my mind. And it was a great yeah. weekend for all of the Christchurch based schools on both the men's, uh, uh, St. Bede's on the boys' side and Rangirua on the girls' side. So I-, I guess that was a curiosity. I was wondering whether you might have been a St. Bede's boy or not.
0: Nah,
1: mate, nah. No, nah, it wasn't one of, one of those weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, we had Mitch Hunt on the program last week, former Crusader. He spent a bit of time with the Highlanders in the last four years. And just to wind him up, we played the highlight of that drop goal when he was playing for the Crusaders. Oh. And they beat they beat the Highlanders. Now, he tells a story that there were so many phases and it was you. It was you that just screamed out to him. I think he might have been out on your feet just saying, do something with it. Because I think you would had enough of just chasing what are your memories of that game um
0: yeah mate i, I just remember with i don't know there must have been about six or seven phases we were sort of doing this kind of tick tack movement where we'd sort of just go either side of the breakdown and one like two two pods of forwards just sort of hitting it up either side of the breakdown and um and, and basically we were trying to set up all set up for a drop goal if we could get forward close enough, or the other option was the backs to, to shift it if if um, if the Highlanders got too tight on D. And we've been doing it for, as I said, six or seven phases, and uh, we're about 30 metres out, so pass it back to Mitchie. It would have been 40 <laughs> metres, so I was absolutely not in my mind was like, mate, take a drop goal from here, because no disrespect to Hunter, but I thought it was probably just slightly outside of his range. <laughs> um. So I was like, mate, have a crack, like, have a go. You're going to have to do something, as in backs you're going to have to step up and have a crack here. Um, but he took it the other way and just, like, bugger it. I'll just snap one from 45 and straight through the, through the post, and it was one of the greatest moments. Well, it certainly sure. one of his, it's
1: certainly one of his greatest <clears throat> moments, and every time he tells that story and the story gets bigger, your name's always going to be in that story, Wyatt.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's, yeah. Yeah, I sort of was just the one that was like, bugger us, we've got to do something here, mate. And he responded. Not how I wanted, but brilliantly.
1: Hey, uh, look, a a very good performance. Um, Well, a a win on the road against the Reds. Tell us how difficult it is, sort of mid-season, when you've got injuries, to go to Australia and um, come up against a team like the Reds, which do have history and tradition in Australian rugby. Um, Whether they're a good side or a bad side, I mean are you going there expecting to play well or do you just want to come away with the win?
0: Well, look, you've, you've got to go with the intent to try and improve and, and, and obviously you're working on whatever whatever's, um, you ha- haven't been doing quite as well as you would have liked. And the Crusaders have got lots of work-ons at the moment, I'm sure, um, because they haven't been at their best, which we never expect them to be at this time of year. But um, I think one of the other things you've got to remember is every time the Crusaders play, and, and I say the Crusaders, but it's probably the top two or three teams in the comp as well. Every time, every time you play against one of these teams from Australia, they are like, you know, what if we can beat the Crusaders? That's going to make our season a hell of a lot better, no matter what what we've done so far. Like, so there's always um, a massive target on the Crusaders. Um, so they'll always rise to the occasion. They'll play up a level, you know. They'll, um, you know, they'll be given that they're absolute absolute all. Because one, they know that, you know, if they're not at their best there's no way they're not gonna win. But two, they don't want to get embarrassed, you know. So um they'll, they'll they'll lift to the rise to the occasion and um, you know, I think the Crusaders are just still still building, eh?
1: and I do want to have a chat about George Bauer injury there in the 80th minute shortly but this is already mm-hmm. a Crusaders team that is depleted so when your side's yeah. depleted you maybe don't quite have the depth on your bench you rely on the likes of Corey Callow and Calder and guys to come on and um, do their part What's, how do you change the game plan do you change the game plan do you need to be a little bit more clinical or do you just need to be a little bit more simplistic in the way you approach
0: Oh, probably just depends who's out, eh? Like, um, I think you've still got your, you still got your core drivers there, so you don't have. To, I don't think you really have to change too much how you play at this stage. Um, and you know, having said, there's so many injuries the, the quality that's still out on that park is, is still unreal. Um, you know, you're just seeing other players just stepping in and really stepping up to the mark. Um, so, yeah, I, I believe it just depends on who, who's in and who's out. Like, if, if for example, you lost, um, I don't know, like a, a Richie, um, then potentially the game plan might change a bit. Or, um, yeah, he, he's probably probably the main one really, isn't he? Mm. Um, if, if you lost someone like that, then potentially the game plan changes a little bit. But I think for the rest of them, I think they'll stick to what they've been doing um, and just expect the player to, to step up. So And that's, and that's what's happening.
1: Yeah, George Bauer, 80th minute, uh, almost at the end of the game. Um, he's going to be out, by the looks of it, for the rest of the Super Rugby season. I think it's now the 16th uh, major injury for the Crusaders. I mean, there are some positions that you can maybe find depth in. There are backs who can be utility-type players that can shift from second five to centre, play out on the wing, play at fullback. But your propping stocks and your quality propping stocks yeah. are a limited asset. How big a blow yeah. Bauer
0: yeah, it's obviously, um, it's obviously a big blow because he's, he's quality, eh? Um, and and Moods is still um, building back his fitness. He's obviously playing outstandingly well, but he's still building back his fitness, so you, you obviously need someone to finish the game. Um, fortunately, Crusaders um, are blessed with, with plenty of good props and there's young Kirk, Kershaw Sykes-Martin who's in the, in the group who I think will probably get another opportunity. He's played, I think, what, a couple of games already this season. Um, Done pretty well, but um, you know, you know, he's he's obviously a young player that's that's on the up, and he'll he'll grow from those first couple of occasions, and more time in that environment and that full time professional environment, he'll he'll get better and better. Um, But geez, I've been so impressed with Tamati Williams on the other side, um, a guy that obviously plays both sides of the scrum. He's really stepped up in the absence of um, Fletcher and and Ollie, um, and. I just love what he's doing. Obviously his core role is outstanding. as um, tight head, scrummaging really, really well. Um, but he, as I said, he plays loose head and scrummages really well there. So, um, mm. but it's what he does around the park as well. That sets him apart from a lot of other front rowers. He is absolutely outstanding with ball in hand. He's a real threat. Um, close to the line. He's so dynamic. and um, you know, I, I, to be honest, I see. I can't see how they wouldn't be thinking about him in the All Blacks environment later this year, um, especially for the fact that he plays both sides of the scrum, but also how dynamic he is. Having someone like that come on in the last 20 minutes is... Just he's just tailor-made
1: for that role. Yeah, bring him Takiaha on and suddenly you've got that mobility you need with 20 minutes to go. I, I want to ask you this yeah. because you talk there about being played, able to being able to play both sides of the scrum, tight head, loose head. Now, clearly yeah. it's to do with your head on the outside or head sort of stuck in the middle of um, yeah. the hooker and the prop. But What makes it so difficult? Why are players um, either one or the other, and only if you have that ability to cross over? I mean, what's required to be a tight head prop versus, say, being a loose head prop?
0: Well, well, obviously the attributes are all pretty similar, but probably the best way for me to describe it, mate, is, like, the the difference in a feel is, like, throwing with your left hand versus throwing with your right hand. Right. It just... The, the, it just feels completely different. There's different forces going through your body. Um, you know, at tight head, there's, you've got a, you're trying to have a little bit of slight downward pressure. You don't want to get popped up. Whereas at a loose head, you're really trying to drive forward and potentially slightly up. Um, so that's quite different. Um, different bindings with the hooker. Obviously, a different arm that you're using as well. Um, yeah. So it just yeah, it's just. It's it's quite hard for me to explain to, to someone but it is it just feels yeah, completely different and um you do feel like a bit of a fish out of water if you haven't played there much.
1: No, but I just I think that left hand right hand was a great analogy.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah, and it's just yeah, it's it's yeah, it just feels so so different. Um um so if you want to have a crack and wind no. up with a with a hooker and
1: No, I don't no one does no. you really need you need, need to try it I, I want to look after my ears <laughs> i want to, how are your ears you got cauliflower ears your ears your ears look all right from here no they're a bit, they're no, a bit no, you, got, you got you've got pretty good ears why to be honest i can't get a um i can't get a headphone in, in my right ear that's for sure okay <laughs> hey um so Scott Barrett, he asks, well, the Crusaders request, I'm not a big believer in the rest and rotation policy, but I'm not expecting you to give me your thoughts on that. But look, he clearly showed that he's capable. Another full 80 minutes in a sixth consecutive game just seems to be going from strength to strength. And seems to, the more he's empowered, the more he seems to rise to the occasion.
0: Oh, there's nothing that man can't do, eh, Scooter? He's, he is uh, some sort of an athlete like, just yeah, he, and like he he would hate missing a game as well. Um, hate being told to miss a game because he's just he's he can handle it. Like his he's made different to most people, and he'll just keep going. Um, yeah, he's he's a freak. I, I tell you what, I really actually loving what I see in, in Dom Gardner, and I just think he is a little clone of Scott Barrett. To be honest, he's he's a scooter mark too. Um, And I just see so much of Scooter and and, and Dom and what he does, you know, his athleticism, um, you know, his hard work. And you can just say he's a real diligent player and he always turns up in the right spots.
1: See, I hear you speaking, and it's not just because you're a Crusader and you're not just being, hey, my Crusader boys can't do anything. You're actually speaking with some authority here. You've just talked about Tomite Williams. You've just, um, you know, talked about the locking stocks, these young players coming through. What is it? that's happening down in Canterbury and what is it that's continued to happen down in Canterbury and that whole Crusages region that you're allowed to do that well we sit up here in Blues Territory and we just shake our head at our Type 5 and our locking stocks and everything else that we don't have
0: Well I think to be fair mate I think um, it's improved a lot um, up up your end of the up your neck of the woods um, I think what you you know your your, your stocks are looking pretty good and um you know, you're seeing when guys get the opportunity and um I can't remember what's the name of the, the young lot for the blues at the moment, but he's he's been playing the house now. Um
1: can't think about it right no, now, I'll but we, um we will grab it for you. You've got me caught me off guard too. There's been so many changes coming in. We've got, yeah, yeah, we got young to, Sam Derry. You know,
0: yeah, Sam, Sam's been on the bench or not the the other fella. I can't remember yeah. his name, yeah.
1: No, no but it just, <laughs> seemed, it just seems to me that the Crusaders players come from a young age. They're technically very yeah. good. You talk about that mobility side of it. They'd be able to seem to just sort of slot in. We talk about the importance of experience, but it just seems a little bit more seamless in Crusader territory.
0: Yeah, I think, um, obviously, the academy system down in, in Canterbury has, for a long time, been outstanding. Um, um, so I, th- I think that's a big part to do that you know they get the guys straight out of high school send them down to Lincoln University or Canterbury University on a scholarship um, and get them training from an early age into the gym and they're, they're right there alongside all the professional athletes learning from them seeing what's happening um, but yeah quality, quality coaching and then also the Crusaders have got the most centurions out of any any team so players that turn up and, and do well they stick around for a long time and what that gives you is it gives you that continuity and then also that knowledge is passed down mm. through the generations if you know what I mean so and, and it knowledge imagine, doesn't get
1: lost yeah I'd imagine that expectation as well
0: the expectation the standards um all of that stuff is is passed down the line and I think you probably get less players heading overseas early in their careers. You know, you have to you have to check the numbers on that, but um, players tend to t- stick around longer. So therefore that, that, that knowledge and that IP sort of stays within the group for longer. And um, I think that's a big, big part to do with it, why you see just such good succession. And then um, also that development of the, of the younger players with the academy and just good people, good people in those roles that have also been there for a long time.
1: So, yeah. You're listening to In the Red. We're celebrating all things Crusader Rugby as we do every Monday night between seven and seven thirty. No Justin Marshall tonight off the bench, doing a magnificent job. Wyatt Crockett. We'll take a break when we come back. We will look at maybe some areas that the Crusaders might want to improve on after the game against the Reds, and also what they can expect from Moana Pacifica Friday night. Just a reminder: Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances and the dhl super rugby pacific catch the action live on sky sport or get tickets at superrugby.co.nz here we are celebrating all things crusader rugby wyatt crockett alongside of me I oh wyatt just a text that's coming off the 200 odd games that you played for the crusaders i know this is big because you played more than 200. is there one game one game that stands out for you from a personal point of view a tackle you made yep. a try you scored beating six players perhaps uh the
0: one that first comes to mind is we played um, played the Stormers in Cape Town in 2011. That was uh, um, the year we, we were on the road the whole year. Um, but yeah, that, that game stands out because uh, we were, I think, we were down to 13 men after about 15 minutes. Um, we had a couple of guys red carded. Um, Matt Todd ended up playing on the wing because he had um, our winger. Broken his arm or something. It was absolute carnage. First 20 minutes were like, yeah, down to 13. Matt Todd's on the wing. And um, and, mate, and we won. And um, I ended up scoring two tries. <laughs>
1: um, so you probably wanted 13 yeah, so men just, every week, did what you? What's that? You probably wanted 13 men every week. <laughs>
0: yeah, it was crazy. Um, yeah, and I got player of the day. And yeah, it was awesome. We, oh. Yeah, that it was, it was one of those games where just everything came off.
1: Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Uh, look, let, let's talk about um, the fact that you've got Moana Pacifica on Friday night. They're a team that have struggled. The New Zealand sides have put some considerable points on them. You're a side that are depleted. Um, clearly, it's an opportunity to rest guys like Scott Barrett this week. But how many changes do you make? And is this could this still potentially be a banana skin game?
0: Oh, well, look, I think um, obviously the Moana Pacifica are, are, are struggling at the moment, right? Um, but they will look at a game like the Crusaders and they will give it absolutely everything. And if, if they are at you know if they're at hundred 110% of their normal ability, they, they play up and the Crusaders drop from, you know, you know, drop drop down ten percentage points, then it becomes an armory so it becomes close and um, and, and Moana can get can get the dub. Um, but you know, I think the Crusaders by this stage of the season, they're just starting to build into their work. They understand their game plan. Um, you know, they've they've had a couple of losses early. I just I just don't see that happening. I see them um, I see them starting to really build into their campaign now through through April. Um, yeah, and obviously knowing that they are down on a lot of numbers, there's a lot of Excited new faces in that group that will be—you know—it's their first opp- first or second or third opportunity. They're chomping at the bit, want to make every post a winner. So I see, I see the Crusaders being pretty dangerous at the moment over the next few weeks, even though they're down on men. Those those men that are there are uh, so excited to be there and just want to put their best foot forward. Eh?
1: Okay, now I've got to ask you your DHL Crusader Player of the Week, and then followed by that, I need to get your DHL Super Rugby Player of the Round, and it could come from the same team. It could even be the same player.
0: Look, my um, I, I can't actually give you one. I, I can I can give you two Crusaders, but they're, they're my two young guns, Dom Gardner and Tom Mighty Williams. I think both what both of those young guys are offering at the moment is just is huge. Um, all over the park um nailing their core roles and just bringing that energy that we talked about you know a lot of senior players are out injured um but these guys are obviously chomping at the bit and um and playing outstanding footy so I, i couldn't separate those two um but for my player of the round for the whole of super rugby got to give it to uh damo mckenzie in his 100th game um playing the absolute house down this season and um Great to see him back in form, and I, um, you know, hopefully uh, he, is, he continues on playing such good footy. He's, he's a great man to watch, isn't he? He's, yeah. he's, well, uh, I, I was going to,
1: I was yeah. going to ask you because he, 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 sort of can be a little, just a little ad hoc, isn't he? He can just sort of, he doesn't, necess- what well, he doesn't play that conventional, but he's empowered to, if he sees something, take that gap. How hard is it to defend against a guy like that, or sort of set up a game plan around him?
0: Oh, absolute nightmare for people like me, mate. <laughs> Look up and see Damo and yeah, just just hope that your mate next year well, comes a little bit closer.
1: <laughs> well, we had him on we had him on the show and he said he used to target this guy Wyatt Crockett. <laughs> I bet he did.
0: I bet he did. <laughs> I would I'd target me too if I was fast and nothing like him.
1: Yeah. Hey, uh, someone also just texting in wondering if you ever had a Zinzan Brook moment. Did you ever drop a goal, take a penalty, kicking version?
0: Oh, not really. Actually I was I was looking for um I was looking for an opportunity in my last game for Tasman, but no one threw me the ball so did, <laughs> it was a bit too close to to um to do it. So no, I didn't never really had, had that um, that moment. It's one thing I missed out on actually.
1: Uh, you must have done a little bit in training whether it were the, the All Blacks with the Crusaders forwards versus the backs. Oh
0: oh absolutely. I used to beat myself, always used to beat Andy Ellis and all those sorts of wee kicking kicking games that we played before it's, it's... training and after training. Always used to beat him. Yeah. Um, so that was always pretty, pretty special.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. So all in all, just quickly going back on that Reds performance, um, or the, the performance against the Reds, um, areas that they want to improve on, areas that perhaps they weren't as clinical as they'd like to be. I know. You, look, you can throw travel factor in. It's the Reds. It's away. Putting all that to one side in a perfect world.
0: Well no, I, like, I think they're just looking to to, to tighten up and um, sort out some of the discipline and. Um, just tidy up some of the areas of the game and just keep, I suppose, keep building that game, understanding those combinations. With so many players injured, you know, the, the combinations uh, are all new, fresh. So they'll just be looking to build those and and really, um, you know, get those connections and, and get firing on all cylinders. You've got to, got to remember that the competition is still um, in, it, in its, you know, we're, I suppose we're approaching the mid, mid-season.
1: Yeah, round seven um, this weekend.
0: Yeah, so this competition's won in, in June, and um, I think just a steady progression to there. You don't want to be you don't want to be firing the North cylinders just yet.
1: Um, yeah, I was, I was going yeah. to I was going to ask you that. So, how far into a season, when you as a team collectively feel that right now we need to be pretty much peaking, we need to be sort of as best as we can, and how much does that differ maybe from the expectation of the fans?
0: It's it's interesting. Eh? A as, as a player, you. You just, you think you're you're going out there every week trying to be your absolute best, right? But um, but it just the reality of of a season and um, the reality of the fact that we have got so many All Blacks in that group that only come back into the into full time training with the team in late January. So February is always going to be a bit harder for teams with a number of internationals. February is always going to be quite tough, and then March is just sort of slowly starting to. Find your rhythm, get into the season, um, and then you know by the end of April, hopefully you're starting to um, to get get towards some of your best footy. I suppose the thing is, every other teams and well, most teams are in the same position, unless obviously the teams with less internationals have um, probably start the season generally a little bit sharper. But um, but yeah, we always knew that you know the weather starts to change in Christchurch um, late May and June. It's Pretty cold, pretty wet, um, and you know that becomes it's kind of like international rugby. Then um, it sort of tightens up a bit, and um, it's more kicking, um, it's more tactical. So yeah, it just changes obviously with, with the season and the type of rugby you play.
1: But yeah, well, White, it's been lovely to have you come on and join us tonight as a co-host in the red. Uh, thank you very much. Um, hopefully, 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 we get to do it again.
0: Yeah, cheers, mate. I really appreciate the opportunity to jump on board. Probably a slightly different take on it from Marshies with You know, he's obviously pretty back-focused, isn't he? But-
1: oh, no, but it is. It's really nice just to be able to ask those <laughs> questions. We all want to know, and you've been there, and, yeah, the difference between head, loose head, and those things. I mean, you guys live in that world for most of us. We hear the terminologies, but probably don't truly understand it. So provided some really good insights, so greatly appreciated. No worries, team. You guys have a good night, and for uh, you tuning in. And go the Crusaders. Absolutely. There you go. Now, Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances. Just a reminder to the DHL Super Rugby Pacific, catch the action live on Sky Sport or get tickets at superrugby.co.nz. Special thanks to DHL. Special thanks to the Chemist Warehouse.